Welcome FEI Engage subscribers. My name is Olivia Berkman, and this episode is a conversation with finance and accounting consultant, Liesl Nebel. Liesl has worked at a wide range of companies, including Nike, Intel, and Schoolhouse Electric. Most recently, she's been consulting, which really works for her and her family. We talk about navigating career transitions, the perks of consulting, and feeling comfortable being uncomfortable. Please enjoy the conversation. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Liesl Nebel. Liesl is an experienced accounting and finance executive with a demonstrated history of working in both the consulting space and within a company, both big and small. Today, we're really going to focus on navigating career transitions, how to know when it's the right time to make a move, how to consider family dynamics and life as a consultant. Please do not forget to submit your questions for Liesl throughout the Q&A. But before we speak to Liesl, I'd like to share that we have officially launched FEI Engage. We're very excited. It's a new content subscription program for undergraduate, graduate, and early career finance and accounting students and professionals. Subscribers can connect with FEI members and industry leaders through our Mentor Match program, connect with each other within the Engage community through a private online networking platform, and we'll have access to these How I Got Here live. Q&As. If you'd like to learn more, you can email me at feiengage at financialexecutives.org. Finally, our next speaker in the series will be Munira Carr from Wells Fargo on December 15th. You can register for that session on our events page or the FEI Engage page. And now I'd like to introduce Liesl. Liesl, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'd like to start with your background and maybe like a summary of your career moves since college. Yeah, so um, I've had quite a few. Um, I started my career with PwC in Seattle. Um, I went to Gonzaga University and headed west over to Seattle, and I started an audit. Um, I spent just under two years in Seattle, and my husband, who is with KPMG, got an opportunity to be a secondment in Prague, Czech Republic. Um, So I headed over to the PwC office in Prague, and we spent two years there in audit. And then I had an opportunity to move to London with PwC's uh, Global Capital Markets Group at the time, a consulting arm. And we spent four years in London. And from there, I moved back home to Portland, Oregon, and I spent six years at Intel uh, working as the accounting policy controller, covering technical accounting. Um, I had our M&A due diligence team and integration team under me, as well as our SOX program office. From there, I spent a couple of years at Nike in a few roles, um, revenue recognition implementation, uh, international controller, and then North America uh, revenue uh, controller. And then I tried my hand at small company, uh, private company. I spent two and a half years, a little bit more, at a company called Schoolhouse. Schoolhouse Electric, uh, manufacturing fine home goods. Um, And then I went on my consulting journey to kind of take advantage of public, uh, you know, consulting big public company, small private company. And I've been doing consulting ever since, past two, two and a half years. 
Thank you. I was excited when I saw Schoolhouse Electric because I actually really like that brand. And um, I've ordered a couple of things. Yeah, it's really beautiful (laughs) stuff. Um, So speaking of Schoolhouse Electric, what do you see as being the benefits of being at a small company? Yeah, for me, and I think, you know, why I ended up leaving Intel um, and made a stop at Nike on the way, I was really looking for a place to where I could make an impact. Um, I was also looking for a place where I could really get my hands around everything. At a really big company, you know, at Intel, I benefited from world-class processes, world-class policies and people, and really that external engagement. Um, What I didn't have the opportunity to do, that's really hard to do at any big company, is get your hands around everything. So when I went to um, Schoolhouse, you know, some of it was to get my hands around everything and get that breadth of experience. Um, So I went in as the controller. And, you know, while I had been in accounting corporate accounting world for so long when people would say, you know, what was the role like? It was the first time I think I could call myself a a finance executive, like a finance professional, because while I was in a very professional experience in all my other roles, it kind of felt like the first time I got the whole like end to end business spectrum. So I ended up when I ended up leaving, I was managing accounting, finance, HR and IT, um, which I would have never had the opportunity to get to do at Intel, for example, um, which gave me experience on, you know, Intel or uh, finance tools, um, how they impacted all the organizations, HR policies, HR rules and requirements, um, you know, building an accounting and finance team. I was really getting down to, I was booking journal entries in an SAP system that was pretty, um, not your mature SAP system that a lot of people have. So, Uh, you know, the benefit, especially for me in Portland, which um, outside of Nike and Intel, it is a lot of smaller companies, smaller private companies or companies that are going public. Um, It gave me, I feel like from a consulting perspective, a lot more breadth to my acumen with the ability to pivot and try a lot of different things. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I think you did touch on this, but just tell me a little bit more about what kind of having that breadth of experience, what did that mean for your career and like the possibilities that opened up for you? Yeah, from a career perspective, it gave me options. Um, And as I've looked at my career moves, you know, I think there's sometimes where, you know, if I had to give advice to someone, it's, it's being really thoughtful when you make a move that you're doing it for the right purposes. And so, um, you know, I'm very cautious as I look back on my my path. You know, were there times when I stepped down for a role to make a change that I wish I would not have stepped down? Yes. Um, Schoolhouse, you know, it was, I think a lot of my peers would have looked at it and said, oh, you stepped down. I definitely stepped down from a pay perspective um, and a kind of glamour perspective. But what it gave me and I look back and and. believe it today is it gave me more breadth to my experience to create future opportunities. Um, So while, you know, for me being there was an opportunity to expand my breadth, it wasn't going to be my long term, but it set me up. So 
Um, you know, if I go to be a CAO someday, not only do I come in with my Intel and Nike experience and PwC experience about deep technical experience, deep SEC reporting experience, but I also come in with the experience of being part of a leadership team and engaging directly with the product development team and the marketing team, working with owners, um, working with a president, um, and also trying to balance that with like, how do you grow? How do you, how do you deal with change and ambiguity? Because you're you're growing so quickly, and you don't necessarily have the right tools. So it it just developed my acumen in a different way that then made it possible and. It has made it possible, and I think it will still make it possible going forward to be um, much to have much more opportunities and flexibility as I look at whether it's a consulting opportunity or if it's a full time role. <clears throat> On the topic of the factors that go into making career choices, I know that family has played a big role for you. So, what role, you know, how did family come to play when you were? making your career choices and how do you suggest others kind of consider family dynamics when they're trying to navigate their futures and their career choices? Yeah. So, um, I have three kids, two pets and a full-time working husband. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, I think for me, it's been an evolution. Um, and it's always something that is, top of mind when I'm looking at a new opportunity or um, a new place to live. I think as I look back on my journey, one of the one of the things that's made it easier for me uh, along this journey is kind of those years at the beginning of your career where I didn't have kids and I could really like get in some pretty amazing professional opportunities that set me up for um for where I've gone along my career path. But, you know, I think there's iterations throughout my career where it's always been a a moment of family, whether it was, you know, we were living in London and, um, uh, I was in consulting and, and I was not living, I was doing most of my projects were outside of London. So I was traveling tons. And I remember there was a pivotal moment when I was being placed on the next job of, I want to start a family and that's not going to happen if I'm on this job and having to speak up. I actually remember thinking I'm, this is the first time that I'm actually making a decision between like family and work, um, and struggling with that. Um, you know, not having been in that position before. And I remember reaching out to the engagement leader and saying, you know, I'd rather not travel at this time can I do this work from London? And of course it was super easy for that pivot to be made, um, which was great because it helped validate that I was thinking about things the right way and making the right decisions. Um, and then, you know, as after I had my first uh, child in London and I initially went 80%, um, for a work perspective and tried to make sure that I was staying in London for work but I also felt like I could really have those conversations because I had done my traveling time as I thought about, you know, I've put in the hours traveling outside of the city. Um, I put in those long hours. So gosh, could I have an opportunity now to work on a, a project within London? Um, and then when my husband and I moved back to Portland, um, I, when we moved back, it was 2009, early 2009. So like the worst time in the economy that a lot of us can remember, um, 
or I might be aging myself as I say that, but, um, uh, you know, it was not a great time for the economy and it took my husband a year and a half to find a job when we first moved back. So, you know, I came back for the job at Intel and it was kind of this struggle of now I was about to have my second child and, you know, how do we think about that balance between the two of us? And we've always tried to, to when we first kind of started our family life, we, we both said, we don't want one of us to have that full burden of having to be the full um, breadwinner. Um, and we've kind of played that out throughout our career, whether it be, you know, balancing really intense jobs with less intense jobs. But when we moved back, you know, I took the role at Intel thinking like I'm going to go 80% was the initial thought and I'm going to do this technical accounting and, you know, I just had my second kid. So like, I kind of was like, I'm, you know, this is not going to be too bad. And, and I know this world of technical accounting. And next thing I knew, my boss that hired me moved on to a new role. And they were like, you should lead this team. And thinking, you know, of course, what went through my mind was, I don't even know this company. I just moved back to the U.S. and I now have two kids under two years old. So how do I balance this? And, um, you know, my husband had mentioned he would stay home and I didn't want that. Um but, you know, I, you know, I communicated with my team what was important to me. And I, you know, as I was reflecting on um, some of the things that I would speak to today, I think as I've gone into every role, even consulting roles, I have this anxiety like, oh, you know, we have this established family life. We have our dynamic. You know, how is this role going to set up? be different? Is this going to challenge it? And I find like, it always works out in the end. It always works out to family life keeps going. I think it's really that internal, um, uh, importance that you put on it. And, and, and we all have different needs and importances. So, um, you know, for me, family life is really important. So as I've made my, you know, career decisions along the way, it's always kind of balancing, you know, I don't want to be present for my kids. I want my husband to be able to be fulfilled professionally. I want to work out every day. That's really important to me because that means that I have my own time. Um, so I've been thoughtful about that as I've, as I've chosen roles, but I haven't chosen roles that I think 100% give me balance. There's always that fear there, like I mentioned. Um, but it's definitely top of mind. You know, I've come into... I think I, as I've come into raising a family and being a professional one, uh, you know, I don't want to waste my experience and I don't want to discredit myself from having a professional career, but I always feel like I want to make dinner for my kids every night. And that's really important to me. Um, I want to be able to take holidays and be able to like decompress and spend some time with them. Um, so that's definitely guided my decisions as I've gone through my career, you know, as I'm doing consulting right now to kind of bring it forward to present day. Um, um, I took, I initially went into consulting thinking, I don't want to have to find the right job to leave my current job. Um, and so I decided after talking to a lot of different peers and mentors, you know, I'm, I'm going to quit and then I'm going to see what happens. Um, and some of that was guided by, I really want to take a summer off with my kids. So, you know, I consulted, uh, for a good year and a half. And then this last summer I took off the summer to be with my kids. Um, and even now I'm trying to kind of balance, can I do consulting and not have to have our nanny who we had for 11 years and helped us through all of these professional journeys. Um, you know, I'd like to do it on my own and see if I can make it work now that my kids are older. 
can I pick them up from school? They do their activities and continue having professional experiences. So it's definitely guided each of my steps, but, um, even though there's always been a fear there of how am I going to make this work each time I make a change, it always works out. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I love that you've acknowledged, you know, that you've had help, um, from a nanny. Cause I feel like that's not enough. And it's so central to, you know, <clears throat> so many of us being able to make this work. Um, you said that even though there's always that fear, uh, it, it does tend to work out. How much of that do you attribute to you advocating for yourself as a parent? Like specifically saying, look, making dinner for my kids is important to me. Traveling is important to me. Yeah. Like how much have you had to speak up and how much is just like serendipitous? Like, Oh, this, this role just, uh, works, you know, works for me. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's, I, I think it's a balance. I would look back and say, gosh, I probably could have stood up for myself so much more in so many, in so many situations. Um, and then so many situations, it just works. And I don't advertise that, you know, I'm going to pick my kids up. It just works. And I think one of the benefits of the current situation and how we're all working from home is that there's much more, um, I think leeway to do that and respect. And I think people realizing like, Oh, it can work and people can still get their jobs done. And, and, um, uh, so I think it's, it's definitely been a balance. If I go back to, um, you know, advocating for myself or just kind of letting it happen. Um, you know, when I first moved back and started at Intel, I kind of went into it of, I want to be 80%. Family's important to me. Um, you know, I wasn't concerned. I was kind of like, bring me in as a policy manager and I'm good. I don't need to go anywhere. Um, and so I made it really clear that that's what I wanted to do. And it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, since your husband's not working right now, and I, we, we made this decision together. It wasn't them telling me, but you know, I thought, well, while my husband's not working, I'll do hundred percent. It'll be a great way to like, you know, really dig in and get to understand the company and everything about it. And then at some point I can go to 80%. And that never really happened because I ended up taking on a new role. And also because it just worked. I, I think, um, I don't know if it's, you know, I don't want to say it's different between a, a female and a male, but I do feel like um, one of the mantras that I've kind of like lived by my whole career is feeling comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think what has enabled me to do that is the experiences I had in the first half of my career with PwC um, and just the different experiences professionally that you had. But, you know, there were times when I would leave Intel at five to go home and meet my kids because my nanny shouldn't have to work more than a 10 hour day. And it felt really uncomfortable to go home while everyone's still sitting at their desk. Um, men and women. And, um, but I, you, you kind of learn. So it was very uncomfortable, but I learned after a while, like I'm doing my work, I'm showing up, I'll jump on at night if I have to. And my managers know that I'm delivering. So it got more comfortable over time that, um, I could be comfortable being uncomfortable because I was achieving what I needed to achieve. And this kind of led into, and it seems silly now. I remember, um, I really, when my husband got a job, I really wanted to work from home on Fridays 
and my working from home wasn't working from home. I'd go to a local cafe and just sit there because my kids were at home and I would do technical memos or just catch up, but I wouldn't have to shower. I wouldn't have to, I could wear active wear and I didn't have to commute. And I remember being so nervous to say that, ask my manager about it. And then I asked him and he was like, of course, like no problem. But it was also because I, you know, really shown over the previous two years that I would nail it. Um, so I feel like it was a balance of putting in the work to show people that you can do everything in a sense, even though we can't all do everything. Um, so there were times where advocating for myself, but also, um, advocating for myself, maybe not advocating enough. Um, but I've learned kind of along the way when I do that, I remember there was a role that came to me, um, and, you know, I kind of got to that point where I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to speak up in interviews just to say balance is important to me. Um, I do have kids. Um, and I feel like on this one instance where I mentioned it, it kind of burned me. I think the person thought, well, she just thinks it's, you know, balance, like, <laughs> you know, you, we can't have you working from home every day. So he inter the person in interpreted it differently. I was trying to think like, Oh, I'm finally advocating for myself and I'm going to let it know balance is important to me. Family is important to me so that I wouldn't have to go into a job and like be kind of stressed about it for the first six months. Um, that person took it as that I needed a little bit more flexibility or I'd be working from home all the time. So it clearly was miscommunication and I probably, you know, might not have articulated myself the right way in the end though. I think for me and my gut and what I had talked to this recruiter about was if he didn't understand what I was talking about, then it probably wasn't the right place for me. Um, and, you know, I look at the, you know, the leadership team and you're like, Oh, maybe not the right place for me. So, you know, I think, it's just a feeling of feeling of like approaching things the right way, doing it when you know you've proved yourself, knowing that you're going to feel uncomfortable um, many times. Um, but at the end of the day, it comes down to like, what's right for me? What's right for my family? Um, but And when I say what's right for me, like those professional experiences and do they all balance out? Yeah, I tend to agree with, <clears throat> I guess the recruiter, like if that person didn't, understand what you meant. I mean, I guess when you say that balance is important to you, I could see why someone would interpret totally. that as flexibility, you know, which you probably would have liked some flexibility, but yeah. I agree. Like if, if that, if that was sounded problematic to them, then yeah, probably the wrong, the wrong fit for you culturally, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, but that's I think interesting. Your point, it, it, through these experiences, you learn, it's like when you interview and you're like, gosh, I probably could have articulated that better. Right. Um, yeah. Like I'm thinking me, about what, what do you wish you yeah. had said? I think, um, so when I said, you know, I, you know, as I look for a new role, I, you know, I want a role that is, um, gives me balance and is flexible. I think giving examples. So like if my kids are sick, I like to stay home with my kids versus, I'm going to work from home three days a week, pre COVID times. Um, Be more so I specific. think just yeah. because of how I articulated it, I could hear it in my mind. Um, but for him, and these were times where, you know, it isn't similar to how it is today. Um, so it was one where afterwards I thought, gosh, I probably could have articulated myself because I also don't want to come off as, well, I'll take the role, but you know, 
you got to work with me how I work with me because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be flexible about how things are done. Cause that's absolutely not how I operate. So I yeah. think along the way, it's also taught me how should I communicate? Um, mm-hmm. what should be communicated and what should not? Um, and also, you know, really making sure that I've performed and that when I do ask for things, when I'm in current roles, people know that, um, I will deliver, um, mm-hmm. because I've shown that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's inspiring for me just as a fairly new mom. I mean, my son's two years old now, so I probably can't call myself a new mom anymore, but, uh, like to just be unapologetic about what, what works for you as a working mm-hmm. parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like what you're saying, which to me sounds like you're saying, be specific about what you do want to be able to do because mm-hmm. every parent is different. And when you say balance, it might mean to one person, I want to be able to go to every, you know, uh, sports practice and game of yeah. my kids. And mm-hmm. to somebody else, it means, yeah, I want to be home with my kid when they're sick. And So I think it, yeah, I think that's very wise. Like let's all be more specific when we're interviewing for, for a role about this is exactly how I envision my life and let's make sure that it fits with your culture. I'm not going to come in and impose my own thing here, but let's make sure it's a match. And I think it's, it's, One hundred percent evolving because the things that I've mm-hmm. spoken to about working from home on Fridays, you know, I think looking into the future and um, you know the current role that I'm doing right now, I would have never been able to do pre-COVID. Um, you know, working as a third-party consultant to a consulting firm. Um, so some of the things that I have to think about are, you know, it, as I extend my contract or continue working how much will I have to start traveling or, you know, if it's a full-time role, that's not a headquarters here in Portland, you know, will I be required to move at some point? Um, so I think it, the environment is totally changing. Um, but I do think the skills that we all have in trying to make tough decisions about work and family and flexibility and balance, whatever it may may be, whether it's, you know, you want to work, but you want to work out every day, um, or you want to work, you want to be able to travel or you have a family to balance. Um, it's the landscape's totally changing, but I do think it's similar skill set in terms of, you know, how do you ask for things? Um, when do you ask for things? Um, and how do you articulate it? I know that you started at PwC in September, right? In the, mm-hmm. and so that, and that's your current role. And so what, what kind of, uh, tips do you have for someone starting a new job remotely? Yes. So I have now, um, I think I've done four projects that I've started remotely. So four different companies that I've been working with. Um, and, Gosh, it gets easier. I feel like, I don't know. I don't think it was as hard for me um, because we're all so used to it now. So I do think, you know, when I first started my first project, I was an interim controller um, for a company and I was there a week and then COVID hit. So that was more of a, oh my gosh, you know, how are we going to sign checks physically and make check deposits and 
we're all brand new team members. Um, so how is this all going to work? Once you figure out the nuts and bolts of how like the job works remotely, which I think we're, we've all kind of figured out now um, and are getting better at that skill set, then it's trying to figure out like, you know, what are those nuances of working from home? And each company has their own culture. So I think for me, you know, now in my fourth project working um, through PwC's third party consultant program, it's called Talent Exchange. Um, I think it's learning the technology. Every company has different technology tools. You know, every company is going to have a different um, expectation of, of when you're online and when you respond to things because you are at home and online all the time, most of the time. Um, some companies will have, you know, hybrid. You're in the office sometimes. You're in in the um, uh, at home some of the time. But I think for what's made it successful is not hesitating to one dive right in. So it's understanding the tools, doing, doing all the onboarding, um, but also don't hesitate to get online and set up zoom meetings or team meetings, whatever they are with new coworkers, new, um, peers you're going to be working with, have your camera on, um, um, get to know people personally, not always business, business, business. Um, and I do think those are skills that we're all getting so much better at. I think this, the hard skills will be going back to work and trying to engage with people in person. Um, but I think just being open to, you know, going back to being comfortable, being uncomfortable, it's never like seamless starting a new project. Um, there's never like this 100% confidence that I know how to do everything and I'm doing it all right. Um, so having a little bit of um, uh, comfortableness, being uncomfortable, um, also being comfortable knowing you're not like 100%, um, uh, you know everything. Um, uh, you know, making sure that you are meeting people. I think just being open to change. Change is really, you know, one thing we focused on. One of the reasons I went to Nike is they were doing this whole scale, like how do we become this global company and get to more of like a centralized operations. And one of the things that we always talked about there was change is the journey. Change never stops. Um, and if you want change to stop and you just want the status quo, Maybe, you know, it was Nike at the time, but maybe a lot of companies, I would say, this might not be the place for you because change is happening and we're seeing it every day. Um, so that's part of the journey. That's part of learning and embracing it. So there's discomfort in that. But I think you come out, you know, three months later and you're like, oh, OK, I can do it. And I've learned this. OK, now I'm going to do something else better. What do you think you like best about consulting? I mean, you've definitely named some things, but <clears throat> I wonder what do you like best about it? And also, is there a stage, is there a particular stage of your career that like consulting makes the most sense? Do you think? I think my early career with PwC and my time at Intel has made this possible. That being said, every step has made this possible as I spoke about my time at Schoolhouse and really being a part of that small company controller role, that's given me breadth and experience um, that has added to you know my marketability, I guess. But you know, I wouldn't be able to have the opportunities I have today, I don't think, had I not 
spent 10 years with PwC and um, my six years with Intel. Um, and I say it from a PwC perspective. I mean, it, for me um, and going into audit and being so um, uh, experienced within technical accounting and SEC reporting and just the whole regulatory world, it's the best way in my mind to start when you're first coming out of school. Um, that being said, you can go to a company like Intel, like I did, and and you're going to get such great experience. But getting the breadth, I think, for me of Seattle, Prague, Czech Rep- uh, Prague, Czech Republic, and London audit, and you know, so many different types of deals. When I was in London, you know, our group would basically do anything. So, you know, I was seconded to companies. So I was sent out to companies by myself to be their U.S. gap person. Um, we were working on acquisitions. We were working on uh, SEC IFRS versus U.S. GAAP reporting. So that breadth, 100%, gave me great experience. I also think then going to Intel, where you're not just a consultant saying, this is what you should do. You're at a company and you're actually doing it. Um, and for me at Intel, you know, Intel was very, was and is very focused on external engagement. Um so my boss at the time sat on the EITF. He was a voting member of the EITF. Um, we are part of FEI's Committee for Corporate Reporting. So every quarter meeting with um, you know really established companies, meeting with the SEC, the FASB, the ISB, the PCOB on a quarterly basis, and just being in those circles, you know, you know people and you know um, names and they know you, um, and you're getting that breadth of experience. So if we think about all the regulatory activity the FASB has been doing, you know, writing comment letters on all of those projects. Um, That experience in and of itself set me up, I believe, for the ability to consult and be very flexible. So the consulting I've done, you know, I was doing an interim controller role, which my schoolhouse role was perfect for that. And I don't know if I would have been as ready if I had just been coming out of Intel. Um, but working with SEC reporting, um, new SEC filers who just went public, technical accounting, um, really being able to dive in and get that, take my experience historically um, has allowed me to be successful. You know, I think, you know, SEC reporting and technical accounting is not brain surgery. Um, but I think the experience of, you know, okay, I'm going to go to this company and, oh, you know, this person I know is at Intel now. Why don't we set up a call so you guys can talk about, like, you know, um, what are they seeing? What are, was CCR talking about? You know, how are they addressing these new changes by the SEC? Really being able to add that value um, has allowed me to be successful and have flexibility. Mm-hmm. I just want to remind everybody to um, submit questions for Liesl. Uh Tell me more about the interim corporate controller role that you took. Like, how did you um, find that role? How, mm-hmm. what, what, what kind of played, uh, how did you decide to take it? Tell me, tell me more about that. And then the experience too. Yeah. So um, I had left schoolhouse and it had been a couple months of me trying to figure out what I was going to do. If I was going to do everything, I think I thought about maybe, Maybe I just want to stay home with the kids. Um, And um, to preface, all of my consulting roles have come through different avenues. So I've gotten I've had them through Robert Half, through Two Degrees, which is a local um, accounting um, firm here or a 
uh, HR firm here, um, and then also through PwC. But the one that I got at um, that I was interim controller. I mean, it's all like connections. So a gal that I went to university with who also worked on my team in PwC Seattle <laughs> had made her career evolve into she was working in HR at this company in Portland, a media company. And she reached out to me and said, hey, our controller just gave us notice. Do you want to be a controller or do you want an interim role? And I kind of thought, you know, it's one of those moments of like, OK, I've been doing nothing for two months. Do I want to try this? And I thought, okay, three months. I can absolutely do it. It's local. Um, sure, I'll jump in. I feel like I have the skill set. Of course, there's a lot of anxiety. You're managing, um, you know, I was replacing someone who actually worked at Intel before that. So I kind of knew who he was. It's a very small world. Um, but I went in and I, I, the experience at Schoolhouse made me feel confident that I could come in and put my arms around being a controller interim, from an interim perspective. Um, I love managing people. Um, I found that that's one of my favorite things about kind of my career development. Um, and so coming in and really kind of helping the team um, you know, work through, they were losing a controller that they really liked that had really focused on their development and be able to help them kind of get through that transition. Um, and many, I still talk to today, which is great. Um, uh, and help with like career development. Um, and then also just think about it as, um, you know, it was a growth opportunity. I was still learning. I was learning. I was able to learn a new system, um, a ERP system. I was able to um, use my controller experience from before to kind of, you know, what would I think best in class and how would I think about doing things differently, engaging the accounting staff through the rest of the organization. Um, they were implementing their final revenue recognition and working it through with the auditor. So being able to take that experience um, and actually put it into real life company experience. Um, so yeah, and it ended up being, you know, went for three months. It was supposed to be March to June and then COVID hit. Um, and then um, it ended up going through September. So also having that flexibility that, you know, I had only signed up through June. And then here we are summer with all of our kids home, our kids home for, with school um, and being open to the fact that this isn't how I really planned it. But I also was committed to this team and wasn't just going to leave them. Um, so I ended up staying through September until they hired a new controller. I think I touched on all the points. Yeah, you did. It's funny. All, all ro roads lead back to Intel in totally. Portland for sure. Um, and actually if anyone is looking, someone, um, messaged, uh, in the Q and a Intel is hiring technical accounting managers now. So awesome. Awesome. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. I bet. Um, so, uh, I'd love to hear what has been the, cause I really want to dig into navigating these transitions because yeah. the way you talk about it, it's like, it, it's so easy. You do make it sound kind of easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so tell me about like the hardest transition. Like it doesn't have to be something that you necessarily yeah. regretted, but just what yeah. was a, what was a tougher transition? If somebody is on the verge of, of, you know, making this move, maybe what did you learn from it? Yeah. Would you do it differently? That kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, every, every 
every transition is a transition. I think um, there's two that pop into mind. Um, one, going from Intel to Nike, um, very different culture, very different culture. And, you know, I was super excited about, um, I'm an athlete. I was super excited about the company and what they stand for. And I still 100% today love everything that they stand for. I think for me, the culture difference between um, Intel and Nike um, I was very aware of it. So I went in knowing this is going to be a change. Um, uh, I also went into it, as I talked about, like stepping down for the right reasons. Um, so going from Intel to Nike, uh, part of the transition that was really hard was, um, one, the culture change. Um, but also I stepped down for a role there. I do think that was the one time in my career where, I shouldn't have stepped down. Um, granted, great experience. And I had a lot of different experiences that have added to my acumen. So I can't say it was the wrong decision. I do. I, and I did have peers say, I don't think you should take that role. That being said, um, you know, from a transition, how did I make that transition better? Well, one stepping down actually made the transition a lot better because I was coming in like fully stacked. I knew exactly what I was doing. Um, I had such great career acumen behind me. Um, and I did have, um, there, there was one old Intel person there that kind of knew where I was coming from. So that really helped with my transition. Um, um, but I will be honest, I struggled with the transition and, um, when I caution on stepping down, I think for me, stepping down and then going into a company where no one knew and nor were they going to really dig into like, what was my past experience? You know, having spent 10 years at PwC and really senior, um, great experience roles and then being a senior finance professional at Intel. I think that was lost on, um, some of the team when I went to Nike, cause it was all new as well. Um, or a lot of it was new. So I think for me, I, I did struggle with that transition. Um, and I still today look back and think, gosh, could it have been different? Um, could I have done something different? Should I have stayed longer? Um, I did have a peer that said, just stay a little bit longer. Things will change. Um, but I knew for me at the time, it just, I didn't have the patience for it to change. Um, so mm -hmm. I think that's one. I, I, I'm honestly, I still kind of struggle with, and did I write, make the right decisions and should I have stayed mm -hmm. longer? Should I not have gone? Um, but then I step back and think, um, one, when I left, there were, I think, 11 women from Intel that followed me to Nike. So a lot of people had great opportunities, um, and have had, are having great careers. Um, but I did learn a lot. I learned a lot about like org strategy, um, how to develop an org, how to think about an org the right way. Um, with hindsight, a lot of learning on what could I have done different? Um, could I have asked for more help? Could I have asked for more support? Um, could I have stood up for myself a little bit more? As I talk about like, there's times where I feel like I've really stood up for myself and times where I'm like, I probably just kind of walked away. <laughs> Um, so I've learned a lot out of the experience that I think has helped form my experience. Now, the other transition that I think about, um, that comes to mind is just doing this, this talent exchange consulting. Um, so, um, again, to preface, I'm a third party contractor with PwC. I don't actually work with PwC, but to get back into that world of, 
of working for the firm, you know, going through all the independence requirements. And then really you're, you're there with a contract. So for me, the hardest thing right now is, um, working, knowing I have the skill set that, that people can benefit from. I have a deep technical accounting skill set, deep, um, external reporting skill set, and I have skill set in consulting, but also at a company. So we're working with companies to, to drive change. And I've been there and done that. So I come in with a skill set, but you come in and no one knows you. So I think there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of anxiety of like, do I know what I'm doing? And do they know that I can do this? Or can I still do this? You know, this imposter syndrome that they talk about. So a lot of that is just kind of letting it sit and, um, you know, being really open about, you know, I have a contract for a period of time. I want to see that through. I can't just like in the first month feel like this doesn't feel good. You know, I, um, I know I could do more or I could, you know, am I doing the right thing the right way? So much has changed. There's so many tools. So I would say the last couple of months, it's really sitting with that feeling of like, oh, this is uncomfortable and embracing that and just being comforted because while, you know, there's all those doubts, you know, I have the ability to look back and say, no, I've, I've done great work. I have the skill set. It's just taking the time to meet the right people and get on the right projects. And I'm kind of seeing that right now. I'm getting on the right projects and, and getting into things. And then I find like, ah, oh, okay, this is exciting. You know, this is where I can provide value and I am providing value. Um, but it's not always comfortable at all. Um, there's a lot of like sitting with uncomfortable feelings. Um, mm-hmm. But it's looking back at, you know, I, I think when any of us are making professional changes, there's a reason why we got the job that we're going into or why we were asked to interview for a job. And, um, so while there's doubt, it's, we're there for a reason and we can all provide perspective. Um, you know, even on the projects where I feel like, you know, was that the right move? I got value out of it and I can bring that value to another company, um, or to another opportunity or, or to myself, you know, professionally. Um, even if it's not something that's like a chargeable value add. Um, so, um, it can be uncomfortable. I think trusting why you're there and just, you know, let the experience happen. Um, things don't happen immediately. It's not like this instant gratification. So it takes time to, to actually see if an experience feels right and, and, um, to let those that you're working with know what you can do and um, to just give yourself that time. But it yeah, doesn't it's, always it's, totally great. <laughs> yeah. It's tough because like you want to listen to your gut, right. But you yeah. also want to let something kind of play out and you want to yeah. give yourself some time to get into a groove. And yeah. I wonder like, what's that sweet spot? Like how much time should you really give yourself before you have a reckoning where you're like, yeah, this is, I got to move on. Yeah. You know, I've seen that from a consulting perspective. A lot of times you're coming in to fill a hole um, or a a vacancy. So the interim controller role that I did, I went in and um, I was there to get them through the audit. Let's get this team like together again, um, make sure everyone feels comfortable and, you know, they're developing their careers. And along the way, you know, I was asked to be the controller um, to apply for the job. And I just thought, I can do this because I've done this in the past, but this is not something I want to do full time because I'm not learning. And you kind of know, like, am I nailing this? And, and I'm learning because it's a different experience with a different team and a different company. 
but can I do this for the next five to 10 years without feeling like that person above me is blocking me? Absolutely not. Um, I felt the same way I was doing, you know, filling SEC reporting controls holes for a company and they asked me to be their controller. And it was the same thing where I was like different. Um, but I think I'm, I've already outgrown this role. Yes, I'm learning. And yes, there's different technical things that are coming my way. And yes, this is a public company. That's great. However, I don't think this is my long term. And I think that's why I'm kind of enjoying consulting right now, because, you know, they are short term projects. It's like three to six months and then you can move on to the next thing. Um, one of the benefits that I saw working with Talent Exchange is that I could get outside the Portland market um, or the Northwest Portland market, um, which is a great opportunity for me. You know, it's not, I was kind of like getting stale on SEC reporting, like getting the Q out, getting the K out, creating accounting policies. Those are all great for, but for me, it was, I'm used to managing teams doing those and thinking more strategically. So it was great to be in the moment, um, but what else could I work on? Um, and that's the great thing about, doing what I'm doing right now is I'm getting a little bit of everything. And who knows at some point I might feel like, okay, now I just want to be at a company full time because the right company has come along. Um, but I also think, you know, I'm reiterating conversations I have with my husband, like maybe this works and then I'll work through June, take the summer off and then start it again next fall because it is a great, um, it's great experience and great projects. And um, it's constantly like helping me learn. Yeah. Something that is really coming through for me is when you said like, I'm not learning about, you know, a, a, a certain role and, yeah. uh, and, uh, the feeling comfortable with uncomfortable, being uncomfortable, um, leaning into the discomfort. It yeah. just feels like learning and growth is really important to you. And you yeah. achieve that by really challenging yourself. Is that fair? Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I found that you know, kind of the hard way when I, mm -hmm. when I left schoolhouse and thought, I, I don't want to have to find the right job to leave this job. And you kind of sit with yourself and you think maybe I should stay at home. Maybe I could stay at home. I can't, I can't. I found that I love my family and I love making it a priority, but I also really like to be challenged. Um, there's a lot of satisfaction that comes from, you know, doing something that's challenging that you're good at, that gives you um, validation. 100%. I'm not comfortable sitting by myself all day long. Um, and so it is, you know, going back to your point, it really is like, I love to be challenged. I love to learn new things and work with new people and new companies. Um, I don't do well kind of doing the same thing over and over again um, and not be challenged. I know that you're enjoying consulting, but a question from the audience, what is next on your journey slash, would you ever go back to a larger company? What do you think? I absolutely would. I think for me, what I've learned through um, through consulting is I love the, the world of a public company. Um, private companies have been great experience. They're definitely different challenges, but I love public. I love being a part of a public company and like the rigor that's needed from a technical accounting, from SEC reporting, staying on top of all the regulatory frameworks and dynamics. I do, I have found that I really like that, which is funny because one of the, when I left Intel, I was like, I cannot do this for until I'm like six years old. <laughs> like, this is crazy. I could totally do that. Um, I think, and so reflecting on what do I actually really enjoy and what's my jam? 
it's definitely being a part of a public company. Um, on the other side, I've also learned I, I cannot step down. Um, so really kind of, and that kind of sounds like, um, you know, thinking very highly of myself, but you know, if I'm going to do something full time and not just have a be consulting, it will be a corporate controller or CAO role. I found that, you know, I, um, I, I think it would not be living up to what I have experienced and what I think I could do. Yes. It would definitely, you know, corporate controller or CAO, a public company, that's a big role, but to what we just talked about, like, I can do it. I have all the skill sets to do it. It would be a challenge and I would learn from it. Um, so I could definitely see it would have to be as I've kind of moved in my career, it has to be the right company. It has to be like something that really like excites me, especially being an accountant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're accountants. We're in finance. So, you know, as I looked at going to Nike or schoolhouse, like all the companies I've been to like amazing products that you can really mm -hmm. get excited about. Mm -hmm. as the accountant for that company. So yeah, you know, I, I can see that being important. Yeah. The role and the company for sure. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, opportunities, whatever presents itself. Yeah. Another question from the audience. When is it the right time to take a step down? You know, for me, I think, um, the schoolhouse example, absolutely. You know, I wouldn't say in my mind, I would say it's not a step down. It's, it's a different experience. I think, my, I had a hard time with my peers and what they thought, like, uh, you know, you're stepping down, you're getting paid less. Um, you know, you're not at a public company, you're not on the national stage anymore. Um, but for me, like that experience of like getting your hands around everything and being part of a leadership team with marketing, with sales, with the president of the company, with the owner of the company, um, that was not, um, a bad decision whatsoever. And I think for me personally at the time, um, and I know we're kind of running short on time, but my mom had just passed away. And so for me, I think it was also this, Oh my gosh, you know, you know, is family more important is being present to family more important. So for me professionally, it was a good decision to step down. I think personally as well, it was a mile from my home. I could be more present with my family. And I kind of knew that given my experience, I could come in and it wasn't going to be like an 80 hour a week job or even like a 45 hour a week job. Um, so for me at the time, it was balancing a few of those things. And that 100% made sense to me. Yeah. I don't want to pry too much and you don't have to share, but yeah. with people telling you not to take the step down at the at Nike, why did you take that role? Was it like compensation? Like, I think, yeah, you know, I think for me it was not compensation because I took a step down on that. Um, for me, right. it was looking at the opportunity. So being an Intel, it was like, everything is world-class already. Um, not to not, you know, in the sense of we can't always grow and do things better, but it was like, the policy team was amazing already. We already had amazing policies. We already, you know, had shared service centers set up. We already had this like center of excellence that was excellent. Um, and so for me, because of that and knowing, you know, there were maybe only a couple other roles that I could do in corporate accounting, where was their opportunity? So looking at Nike, it was like, oh my gosh, they're starting this evolution. Um, they want to get to the center of excellence. Um, you know, I have a lot of that experience I can bring in. Um, that being said, I think I could have still done that at a higher level. Um, 
so, you know, I think, um, that was more of the perspective there. And so for me, it was like one, what a cool brand Two, and five minutes closer to home and two, like I can come in and nail it. And then there will be so many opportunities from there. Um, so, yeah. Um, another question from, we have a couple minutes left. Another question yeah. from the audience is being a consultant on par with working at a big company compensation wise based on your experience. Good question. It can be, um, you know, I think, uh, for me, some of the Portland market projects and how I got them when I did the interim controller role, because I went directly to the company through a friend, I got a hundred percent of my rate. Um, you do get less rates going through, um, recruiters, 100%. Um, um, that being said, now being on a bit of a broader scale outside of the Northwest, um, financially, it can be very lucrative, um, not lucrative, but like, you know, I could make as much as my husband, if I worked, you know, all of those hours that he does, I think the benefits is, you know, as I've talked to some people who I've benefited from the fact that I'm not the only breadwinner in our family. Um, so it's allowed me to have this flexibility. Um, and, while many consulting companies will provide you like Robert half, they will provide you insurance. They will provide you, um, 401k slalom, all of those types of companies. Um, you know, I still get healthcare through my husband. So I think there's a lot of consulting companies that make it possible for you to consult full time, um, from a benefits, from a, a retirement plan and from a rate perspective, 100%. And I think that's become more, uh, widely available, um, than it used to be. Um, but I, you know, I'd caution if you're on your own or you're the only breadwinner, just making sure that you go and really fo- informed to say, you know, maybe I'll only get this rate per hour and then maybe I won't have a project for a month. So being really thoughtful about if that matters to you, or if you do have a little bit more flexibility, but yeah, you can, there's, you know, many people I'm working with that they are the only breadwinner and this is all they do. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, you're so transparent. I love that about you. Um, we have like a minute left, but I, I want to, I really wanted to get into your, your like leadership style. Yeah. Um, cause I know you love managing people. And one thing yeah. that you said to me that I, I keep bringing up to other people, um, cause I feel like it's very representative of who you are is when you talked about your maternity leave, maybe it was the oh, first yeah. one yeah. and how it gave your team opportunities and just like what a cool, generous, like attitude that is about maternity leave. Um, just quickly, like tell, how do you define, how would you define your leadership style and how do you think you developed it? Yeah. So I would say say on the maternity leave, um, point, well, there's so many things I could start with. So the maternity leave point and um, sabbatical coverage, that's really Intel. I mean, Intel, um, you know, someone goes on maternity leave or has a sabbatical, which is an offering after four or seven years, and they don't bring in a consultant. They find someone within to cover you, which, you know, I was a benefit of. I've got to cover our external reporting team and get this great experience and also know that I didn't want to run that team. Um, But then when I went on maternity leave, one of my team members was able to step up and cover it and nail it and get such greater exposure um, to other leadership and experience that they could go on and now run a policy team for another company. So um, 
Intel gets all the, all the props for that. I think for me, um, I am not a micromanager, um, because I don't like to be micromanaged. There's so much that comes, there's so much I love about knowing that someone respects me and my experience and knows that I'll get stuff done um, and doesn't have to be all over me and gives me credit um, and gives me opportunities that I try and do the same thing when I manage people, give them the credit, um, give them opportunities and, um, you know, really help that career development. That's what gives me. And I would say, you know, I look back on Intel and my boss at the time, Jim Campbell, he didn't micromanage. He respected what I came with, my skill set and what I could do and gave me the credit for things that I did well and advocated for me and gave me opportunities. Um, and then it's also sticking up for your team. I think you had Kevin McBride speak a couple months ago. And I remember him saying, um, you know, as a manager, uh, sticking up for your team, your team might make the wrong call or they might, um, you know, speak about something and, you know, they might react improperly, but 100% advocating standing behind your team. Cause it means so much. It's like family. Um, so while you don't want to like not admit that your team did something wrong, but helping them and supporting them and not kind of like stepping away from them. Um, that's always stuck with me as well. So not micromanaging, trying to be empowering, uh, always looking at that professional development side of things, even if that's not at your company. Right. Well, we should all aim to be as honest, uh, as you about what goes into making career moves, whether it's like benefits, compensation, or of course, we've talked a lot about family dynamics and prioritizing yeah. children and spouses and partners and parents. And um, I just want to thank you for being so transparent because uh, for some reason, we don't talk about a lot of these factors. Uh, yeah. And it's so important that we're open and honest about you know, the, the reality of these big career changes and career moves. And so just, I really appreciate, um, you know, everything that you've shared today. Definitely. Definitely. I think, thanks for having me. It's fun to talk about it. It's fun to relay. It like, oh, look what I've done. And I can yeah, do more. Totally. totally. <laughs> well, thank you. And, and thank you on behalf of uh, the audience and I'll turn it over to Shivani. 